three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. Hilo Ganja Evolved, a.k.a. Master Keith 117, a.k.a. IX Booch XI, a.k.a. XX Booch XX, a.k.a. Forerunner, more like 420 Runner, a.k.a. ODST, Orbital Drop Shock Toker, a.k.a. Guilty Snark, a.k.a. The High Dact, a.k.a. Bake Me When You Weed Me. And I'm Ty, a.k.a. Rel, RDR2, a.k.a. Raider2, a.k.a. The Rel. Woo, baby, that's right. And today we are talking about the Halo game slash movie slash anime slash the Halo franchise. That's what we are talking about. And we have a special guest with us today. He does need an introduction, okay? You ask me where I was the moment I met today's guest. My God, it was 2004. We were in the shit. Beaver Creek, Halo 2, surrounded by more zombies than we could count. Odds are, I was one of those zombies, throwing weapons to the resistance because that's what Booch the friendly zombie does. One man was standing alone in the face of such daunting odds. That man was the Pope 117. As the hordes of undead crawled towards this lone hero, he yelled in defiance, You want a s'more? As his weapons fired into the green armor of his would-be executioners. His chamber shot its last round. Pope said his last prayer. Just as he looked to the sky to take him, a shadow was cast upon him and the zombies. A shadow of death. Tyler Chattel better known back then as Rel, descended from the heavens with a fury that would make the great Zeus himself weep. As he began killing the slobbering, hungry masses, he turned to Pope, come with me if you want to live. Or maybe it was, don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. In all reality, it was probably, sup, guy? Point is, this moment marked the inception of an incredible brotherhood. Rel had given Pope a new lease on life. He would now go on to play more Halo, get hit by a car, survive that shit, visit New York, join the armed forces, survive that shit, and visit New York some more. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our guest today, the Pope. You think I'd miss this party? <laughs> oh, baby, that's right. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, we, we go back quite a ways. To fucking high school, man. Wait, wait, wait. Were you in high school when we met you? Yeah, 2004. Holy crap. That's right. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Halo, the games, what it has to do with the, the, the real world and military industrial complex. But really, today we are excited to have the Pope here with us. Uh, Ty and myself go way back with the Pope. Uh, many hours put into Xbox Live playing video games and a bunch of in-person hours that we never thought we would, um, we would have because Pope lives further away than we do. I don't want to give your exact... I'm sure there's only like 10 people in your town. I can't say where you live. Then It's, it's like, essentially oh. an Indian concentration camp. That's a hint. Oh, is, is that what oh, it is? Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. All right. So, I, think uh, so might, yeah, so, I think that might narrow it down. They, okay, there you go. So well, let's start off with the games. We're talking about uh, 
the first one, and we'll go through each one since then, each of the good ones at least. Um, Halo Combat Evolved. Ty, do you have a plot to bring the listeners into it? I sure do. Halo is set in the 26th century with the player assuming the role of Master Chief, a cybernetically enhanced super soldier. The Chief is accompanied by Cortana, an artificial intelligence. Players battle various aliens as they attempt to uncover the secrets of the eponymous Halo, a ring-shaped artificial world. And what a game it was. Indeed, this uh, wild sci-fi game. I, I, I thought it was interesting how when it came out, like, you had a Call of Duty back then, right? Me personally, or was Call of Duty around? No, just in general, was the world in a in the same world of Call of Duty at the same time? Uh, I think Medal of Honor was the more popular, uh, like you know, World War shooter back then. I think Call of Duty was starting around the same time, but it didn't quite get the same fame right away. So we did have a lot of war games, and a lot of them were based on wars that have already happened. So it was interesting to see, uh, you know, a sci-fi game that has very similar themes. I'd think and bring it into uh you know bring it into the future you're you know you're not first of all you're not killing other humans which i thought was an interesting choice you're actually killing a bunch of aliens yeah i mean there's a lot of great things about the first halo i think uh it came out at a really important time obviously it was the flagship title for the original xbox probably wouldn't have xbox consoles without it uh, it really was what sold i think the most games probably for them for many many years and it was almost it wasn't open world but it gave kind of the uh, idea that it was you know when you when you land on the planet halo uh, on the ring it, you can you can like kind of explore and go around it was so huge the maps it wasn't and i feel like a, a lot sweeping of, landscape yeah like a lot of like shooters don't don't do that or at least they didn't do that back then you were you know very tight corridors and, and things like that so i think for that alone uh it was pretty incredible and obviously it had co-op you were driving around your warthog with a buddy in the back i mean it was it was really unique, and I it was the the shooter that got me into shooters. I never enjoyed them before Halo. Oh, really? I thought that was kind of always your thing. I I never enjoyed shooters before that, and uh, probably not since. You know, like I like a few, but really, <laughs> I like Halo for being Halo, not for being a first person shooter. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Pope, when did you uh pick up Halo, the the very first one? Uh, I was a pretty big. Uh pretty stubborn nintendo fanboy for a very very long time and i absolutely refused to like even look at like microsoft's xboxes anything other than just like treason right but uh, a friend <laughs> in uh yeah as christians tend to do uh but uh i had a friend uh in high school who had uh invited me over to play fucking some game named halo on xbox and it essentially changed my entire life overnight like it, it was it captivated me in a way that uh, no video game ever had before. I dug into the uh, extra media, the books. Uh, it was just some of the best storytelling, some of the best music, some of the best uh, world building, visual details I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, it continued on to uh, Halo 2, which was even better, arguably. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize like how deep the lore is of Halo. Like it's it's really really well written, really interesting. Um, the novels really bring you into it. Uh, it it's just you know I, I think it it's so unique in that regard. You know they really built this this wonderful sci-fi world with thousands of years of history you know we don't really see that too often so I, I think they really accomplished something pretty special there yeah and i don't want to get too political here but i know like a lot of fans of the extended universe with star wars they weren't a fan of the new movies like cherry picking some things but completely changing the canon halo uh was pretty interesting in that for the most part it 
took the books and used it to like enhance the games. It's like the game was created, then the books were created, then that fed the game, and then like it just kept like building into into something great that you know if you never read the books, it's fine. But you know if you've listened to one on uh, audiobook and then listened to your friend Ty tell you about the rest of the shit that's been going on in the universe, and then you play <laughs> that new game, you're like, oh crap, they brought this in. That's super cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean the the uh, expanded universe, I guess, <laughs> if you want to use that example, like for Star Wars, I do. You know, the, the novels, the um, the anime, the uh, live action show, the comic books, like it all helps build upon what the game set up uh, in, in, in a really interesting way. Not always successful. I mean, I don't think all of that media was great. Some of it was good. Uh, I think the novels, for the most part, are pretty strong, especially the early ones, like uh, The Fall of Reach and, and novels chronicling, you know, uh, the Master Chief and his story. But Ty, but, um, yeah. but Ty those, those books yeah. aren't canon anymore. Wait, they're not? No. What but... did I say all that shit for? <laughs> uh, it was uh, Halo Reach is the new canon. Uh, Fall of Reach didn't happen. Get the fuck out of here. That's real shit, dude. Real shit. So just like... I don't... know. Well, not necessarily because... I don't like this. No, no, no. They still adapted... They still adapted it into... uh, I I remember... I remember reading the article. Bungie... Yeah, it was Bungie at the time said that uh, Halo Reach is is now the default story for uh, the fall of Reach. Mm, I think they've redacted that. I'll I'll look it up. (laughs) Please, Please do. We'll put it in the show notes and sources at the end of the episode. Uh, another big reason why we're talking about Halo, not just because we love it and uh, most of the people that it brought into our lives and, you know, the enjoyment that the game's given us, but also because it, it does seem to, while being a sci-fi game, uh, have a lot of uh, allegories to, to our real, real world, which is, you know, what sci-fi does best, in my opinion. So here we, you know, we do see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, parallels to the military industrial complex, you know, they clearly took from, uh, from the real world and kind of amped it up for the sake of this game. I don't think the first game, at least like in the story, it doesn't really, uh, you know, shed a lot of light on that. But the one thing, or you can, you know, prove me wrong if you want, I was baked when I watched all the cutscenes. but the, uh, you know, the, one of the first lines in the game is Cortana telling Captain Keys, or is he Lieutenant Keys by that point? Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, Captain Keys, um, you know, this war has had enough dead heroes. Yeah, well, it's just testament to how bloody the Covenant War is in the Halo series. That's what's really fascinating about the story is it's uh, humans, humanity with their backs against the wall. They're fighting an enemy that is uh, dominating them on almost every front. And it makes for a really gritty uh, storyline. I don't really get the military-industrial complex bit. It's sounds like a military industrial complex would probably be really beneficial in a uh, alien galactic war but i don't know well i guess the parallels that i see are just like the way that the spartans are are treated especially like as it as the game goes along i mean you know we can skip straight to a moment in halo 4 when you know master chief despite everything he's been through like he's still just you know they're still just giving him orders and shit del rio's yelling at him and stuff and like he's he's going on missions like that's his that's all he ever does the guy never has a break and you know his his whole line at the end credits of the third one is wake me when you need me like it kind of you know makes me think of just what is what is the treatment of a soldier in real life like you know you know what kind of it's it's mostly you just get told yeah. what to do. That's basically it. You just stand around and you just so get told what accurate. to do. So pretty accurate. 
<laughs> yeah. Wake me when you need me. Tell me what to do. Uh, now, Pope, what branch were you in again? I was in the Army. Stationed in uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, the armpit of America. Oh, yes. I, I have heard that. The surrounding city, Savannah, is pretty well known for meth and prostitution. That's ah, so great. now I know where to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that's no that's no uh, that's no coincidence. Oh, can there. I tell a can I tell a fucking story real quick? Of course you can. Okay, so when I first showed up to fucking Fort Stewart, uh, the fucking unit I was assigned to had just come back from Iraq, and they they were all big dicks. You know what I mean? They all had seen their fucking action. Blah blah. They got their combat badges, and they were looking for some new fucking privates to fucking scuff up because they're fucking on their power trip, right? Take it out on someone. Right. So we're like, we show up, and uh, my fucking new team leader, uh, this scrawny little fucking punk kid named like Malachi or something like that, and he treated us like fucking shit for like months. Just like smoked the shit out of us, like deprived us of our fucking free time, all kinds of shit. Uh, eventually, he gets kicked out of the fucking army for having child pornography on his computer. What? <laughs> now he so really you got now he denies one. this, of course, and I'm not going to sit here and claim that I know one way or the other. But I do know is that after we came back from Afghanistan about a year later, we went to Chili's or something because we were fucking <laughs> having the munchies, and he yeah. was fucking serving us at the fucking Chili's, and it was the greatest <laughs> fucking experience of my entire life. He stayed in Hinesville, fucking Georgia, like a fucking. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't. We don't. Not, we don't say that one though. No. Technically, we we don't. Uh, I, I I can believe it. I can believe it. It's fine. But so so he served. He's a man of service. He's a serviceman. He served you at Chili's. <laughs> he's still serving. I mean, he's he doing. He, he does he best. To serve to this day. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. And of course, we know at the end of the last game, Master Chief also took a job at Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it all comes together. Holy shit. Hopefully he did not have child pornography on his computer. The Master Chief is a victim of his own success in the Halo games. He he expects to die any time, any day, and it just never just fucking happens. He just somehow he just finds a way to survive every single time. And you know, maybe he wants to die. Maybe his bad luck. Oh, that's what it says in the does. in that famous Halo 3 cutscene when they, you know, we think we lost the chief and he's not yet, but he's not, yet. He's not oh, saying God. Yeah, I know. Get chills. I know. <laughs> well, the interesting thing too is that the Spartans weren't designed for the Covenant War originally, right? It was for the Insurrectionist That's War. That's correct. When the uh, when the outer colonies started to kind of rebel, because they felt like they weren't getting their fair share, right? That's what happens. The, the they feel like the inner colonies are taking advantage of them, so yes. they they start a war, um, and Halsey kidnaps a bunch of children. Not just starting a war. Actually, they were they were terrorists. Ty, let's not be a terrorist. They were. They were. They were terrorists. That's true. <laughs> they were they were much like the American Patriots in the uh, Revolutionary War, and uh, <laughs> so Halsey kidnapped a bunch of children, replaced them with clones that died very young. Um, Who's Halsey? Halsey, Doctor Catherine Halsey is the you. creator of the Spartan Project. She is a scientist that was assigned assigned to the Spartan Project. Yes. So Ty, she kidnapped the kids, and then what did she do to them? She genetically engineered them and uh, put them through military training. Uh, many of them died, and the ones that didn't wound up like the Master Chief, enhanced, stronger than any humans around. The Spartan twos. And by the time Halo 1 comes around, Master Chief is the only Spartan who's left uh, to fight this war, which it was great that you pointed out originally. It was a civil war. It was between uh, 
you know, humanity and and its own colonies. At this point uh, in the future, humankind has colonized space. Yes, Pope, what did I get wrong? You're killing me here, Boots. You're killing me, all right? All right, tell me. What that's is it? That's why we have our historian here. That's ex- Actually... <laughs> <laughs> the in- your flute in the, the insurrect yeah by the time halo 1 starts the insurrection threat is far from in it's far ended it's done it's been- the covenant wiped them out a long time ago so that's right i often do forget the timeline regarding the great war so so yeah but originally made to to you know quell a insurrectionist thing uh turns out aliens attack humankind and they're not just any aliens are they they are the covenant Religious extremists. Yes, the Covenant. Religious extremists, uh, a bunch of different alien races united. In what mission again, Pope? Uh, to exterminate humanity. Oh, wait, was that really it? Yeah, it, it wouldn't... That's, <laughs> that's, what's so, that's what's so fucking great about it is, like, it, it really is just that surface level. It's just It really is just exterminate humanity. It's lovely. But, like, there's there's a lot of complexities to the Covenant, I feel. You know, you have, like, the, the prophets, right, who are kind of like their... Uh, they're leaders, right? They're religious leaders. And then you have the uh, the elites who are kind of like their honor guard. You have the brutes. You've got uh, the grunts, the jackals. You have all these different species. You really species. know what the fucking brutes did, right? That's <laughs> <I'm> right. <laughs> you had it all. You're like, yeah, they had it. They had the brutes. They had the grunts. <laughs> well, the, the brutes come in. They're really more important later when they, they take over from the elites. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, basically you have this like these different species that are joined together. Um, they kind of do what they're told by by the prophets, right? Who are like their religious leaders, um, and they, they start this war. And then I, I think initially they think a lot of the forerunner technology, which we haven't talked about yet, um, is like religious, right? That's what they begin they originally think until they realize yeah. it's a weapon. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's very very. There's a lot of complexities to to the covenant, and they, they kind of go into that throughout the games and and the different levels of the hierarchy there. What I, what I, another thing I found interesting is that in this time, uh, technically, correct me if I'm wrong, the, uh, all of, all of humanity, like there, is there United States at this point or is it just the, like, all of humanity is one at this point, right? Cause we've colonized. I have no idea if the United States exists still in the Halo universe, uh, there are certain like the, they mentioned Sydney, so that certain countries and you know the certain states, uh, cities and stuff still exist. But I don't ever remember them mentioning anything in the United States. Yeah, it's more of like the inner colonies and the outer colonies rather than like United States and and Europe and you know they don't really go into like that individualism yeah. anymore. Keep in mind, yeah, this is like five hundred years into the future, so. I guess things change when you colonize space, you know, so yeah. you don't get into that. But technically, the what is it, the UNSC, the United Nation, uh, Nations Space Command, it's all of humanity, from what I understand. I find it interesting that a lot of the main characters we, we have are American regardless. Yeah, like voice actor choice, you mean? Well, yeah. I, I seem to remember many of the Marines being British, actually. Yeah, I thought there were some British guys in there. None of the main characters, though. Was I guess Jenkins all the main characters British? are. Was Jenkins British? I, I, Jenkins, Jenkins was oh, absolutely, God. absolutely British. <laughs> I mean, his name is Jenkins, so <laughs> I would hope There's so. Jenkins Johnson, the only one who I, I mean, I was gonna say she might be American. Her name is Mendoza. She could still be American even if she has a Hispanic last name. That was a reference to to the Aliens franchise, which I thought was a pretty cool reference. 
Well, that is kind of cool. I, I did, honestly didn't even think about it. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and yet you'd noticed all the British soldiers. <laughs> the whole thing. I fucking did. I noticed those British soldiers, they're with man. They were with their ARs, and then uh, all of a sudden, like, there's this dude with a musket and a, and a red coat. And <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you got to imagine, like, all these people have now colonized space, right? So, like, you have people from all over Earth who are now you know, in space and, and then they're having children out there. So it becomes less and less about your country and about your planet or your colony and, and things like that. So it just kind of changes the, the, uh, the system, you know, it's just, it, it's a different version. But again, we still want to fighting amongst ourselves. You have the insurrectionists, you know, terrorist attacks and things like that. So, you know, history kind of repeats itself just in, in a larger scale, I guess, uh, until a force that can unite us. Which I think is a common theme in a lot of uh, sci-fi and, and stuff. You know, Watchmen, obviously Halo. Um, from a little bit I know about Star Trek. You know, those kind of things kind of you know unite people um, against one one force that's trying to eradicate them. Yeah, and that's definitely the theme they use in this. You know, the Civil War is over by the time you know the aliens are attacking. Okay, we got to turn our attention uh, to something else. Now, I have a question. Yes. Why do you think Master Chief was kept silent during most of the games? He doesn't he's not really that kind of main character uh with a quote personality or who talks a lot. Why why do you think he was kept silent? I think originally it was because they were trying to make it almost seem like you're the Master Chief. Um you know how a lot of games will do like you're that character, but they didn't want to just do that, so they gave him a few lines. But I feel like they were trying not to take it away from from you being that character. Later, I think it kind of adds to his character development, though, as he's not he's not a chatty kind of guy, you know. Like he he he's a soldier. He's he's got one mission, you know. He's he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, he's not going to be walking around uh, saying one liners. I think Pope and I actually joked when Halo Four was coming out that he was going to have like an accent and be like check your corners and like be like you know, <laughs> yeah, <and that laughs> like joking around and shit like oh what the fuck. He is. He is. I think Cortana does the talking for him. You know, she's kind of the chatty one. I mean, he's a soldier. He's trained to keep his mouth shut. I mean, he just follows orders. That's basically it. Like, it really is just bare minimum. Any any excess dialogue would probably just uh, be to the, the... It would make them... It would just make the mission just fucking that more complicated probably for him. Yeah, and I think if you look at... You know, so Halo Combat Evolved, like, the plot is you... you you wake up, you're the Master Chief, you wake up on the Pillar of Autumn, and it's under siege, right, by the Covenant. And um, you, you basically have, you have to get a weapon, start fighting, you know, through the, through the corridors of the ship and, you know, very close quarters combat. And then you wind up having to drop down onto this very mysterious planet, the Halo Ring, right? And, uh, you know, as you, when you get down there, you're kind of like on your own, except for a few Marines you run into here and there, just you and Cortana. I, you know, I don't think Chief's going to be, he doesn't have a unit that he's giving orders to, like, you know, Spartan Blue Team, which you learn about more in the books and will re- return later in Halo 5. Like, they're not there. You don't have to talk like about you... Halo 5. Just putting it up. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we we perhaps we should uh, move on yeah. to Halo 2, which is where the uh, all the good stuff happens. All right. Hold, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me just see if I had anything else. Chief barely talks. That was great. Oh, um, <laughs> yo, I dug so deep. <laughs> All right. So we also find out that um, this might be applicable now more than ever. Um, that... <laughs> That the, we're we're seeing humanity equipped to uh, to colonize space, but they can't deal with a biological threat. I thought that um, that was interesting. A big another enemy of this game ends up being the flood, 
who, who were this parasitic organism that feeds on every living thing it possibly can. And from here, it turns into uh, from like an action game to a little bit of a horror game, which is a, a wild turn to make for a game like this. It's a pretty terrifying mission. I know it definitely freaked me out as a kid. And then, uh, you know, once you get through that area, you wind up, you know, going to the library, which I think is one of the craziest missions in the Such Halo series. Yes. You play that shit on Legendary and you'll pull oh. your fucking hair out, you know, because, like, there's just so, so much blood coming it's at you. It's gauntlet. Yeah. I, I think it also was kind of like, I don't know if they planned it this way, but it happened right when, like, the zombie like revolution was happening it was 2001 zombies were fucking huge back then like we had uh you know dawn of the remake would come out shortly Shaun of the dead um uh world war z was coming out soon like zombies were just like getting popular again uh you know wait uh, hold on i'm sorry i'm sorry i gotta stop you there this game came out in 2001 yeah (laughs) No, I was going. like, right, I was only like a couple years fair, apart. The zombie like, zombies were getting World War Z again. was Long like lived. 2012. Not the book. Oh shit! <laughs> I thought you were talking about the movie. I'm like, I'm like, no, fuck that. We don't talk about the movie. All right, <laughs> we talk about the book. <laughs> the, the movie is the same as Halo Five. The zombie survival guy. I feel like 2000 to 2010 <laughs> was like peak zombie time. Oh well, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Everybody had that fucking book. Everybody had that book. <laughs> I still have that book somewhere. But yeah, so I don't know. I just I feel like that was also it was kind of interesting throwing like their like uh, sci-fi zombie thing into the mix. Um, it worked. I think it worked. It, it added like a new element to the game, a new enemy. Um, I think that they kind of beat the flood over the head with like you over the head with the flood throughout the games a little bit too much. But yeah, um, it definitely worked in the first one. One of the most interesting parts of Halo 1 is uh, the endlessly replayable scenarios where you can watch Covenant forces fight the Flood over and over again for just completely different results. It's actually quite fascinating on the higher difficulties. You can, like, root yeah. for one side. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, it's, oh, it's next time you play Halo 1 and you're doing, uh, I think, keys, you'll see uh, there will be a lot of sections where the Covenant are duking it out with the Flood, and they just uh, it's just a fucking brawl. It's a slap fest, dude. It's dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, you know, you fight whoever survives. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. You can, like, pick and choose. You can be God. You can, like, get your sniper rifle. <laughs> and you're like, I favor, the, I favor the covenant this time. I don't fucking you know. Just like you did when you were in Afghanistan. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I only burned uh, down a few villages. Okay. All right, yeah, well, we're not going to make a movie about him for another 10 years. Those so. are rookie numbers. Um, now, really quick, the, uh, the entire Amer- story is Americans trying to police the world and save it from religious extremists. When did I write that? Um, <laughs> you were probably high. I don't we know. Gotta re- I was, absolutely. we got to remember, guys, 2001, this is post-9-11. You know, who knows what they did with this story? <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe, maybe it was intentional. All the, you know, all the soldiers are American, except for that British guy. Except for the, <laughs> plethora, all the, non- the plethora of British soldiers. Half the, half the cast are British. Wild amount of British soldiers, and um, other than them, it's all British and American. There's nothing in between. Well, it's a, it's an American game. You know what I mean? Like I, I think they probably just hired whoever they could get on the cheap because they didn't know this game was going to be successful. No, they they really didn't. Bungie was really uh, rolling the dice with this one. They had uh, previously completely reconstructed the game from a uh, I think it was a third person real time strategy game actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, but they got bought out by Microsoft, and uh, Halo was not supposed to be as successful as it was. It, it wasn't even supposed to be on the Xbox. I think it was supposed to be on uh, 
PC and Mac before um, they they cut a deal with them to make it a you know an Xbox exclusive for the time because they they needed some sort of big game to drop for the console because I don't I don't I don't remember how sales were for the original Xbox but I don't think they were particularly strong before this so no Halo was absolutely Xbox flagship the, the I bought an Xbox specifically oh, no, I shouldn't say daddy bought me an Xbox specifically for Halo like that that game was everybody had to have it every that's all everybody at school talked about it's all I thought about it really it really did run a revolve my, like my entire life revolved around that game for years after I started playing it. Halo was life, bro. And just like the games, it was, you know, the relationships you get through it just keep, you know, evolving too. It's Yeah, you know, at first I liked you, you know. Exactly. At first. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stopped playing Halo and that's what happens. Um I haven't liked myself in a while. Let's go. Is Keys becoming uh part of the flood symbolic of us becoming as bad as the monsters we fight? Pope, go. Uh, no, Captain Keys is actually a very stoic and heroic character throughout the entire game, so I don't really see how he... There's, there's usually a descent into madness when it comes to a, a hero becoming a villain, and he's just kind of a hero the entire time. Yeah, I think he kind of maintains who he is, you know? That's, uh, which is pretty important. I think it fucking is. I think I think I think it's symbolic. <laughs> I'm not saying Keys becomes a bad guy, I'm just saying, No, you know, I'm saying as you're he saying... He gets infected you know, by the vore. By the by, the fucking flood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Halo Two. What is the plot, guys? I don't remember it. You tell me. Oh wait, 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 wait. No, not Halo Two yet. Really quick, I would. I just want to talk about that last. Uh, the last level, the you know, exploding the ring and having to get off. How baller was that level? It was pretty fun, you know. So, like, basically, the plot of the original Halo, right, is that you land on the Halo ring. You're trying to find a way off, figure out what's going on. You find out the Covenant um, are going to uh, use this, right? It's a weapon, and they're going to use it. So, you know, you kind of do some exploring, yada, yada, yada. You get to a point where you realize this is a Forerunner technology, right? So Forerunner technology, we haven't really gone to Forerunners too much. They didn't explain them too early on, but they were an ancient civilization. Um, and these weapons can only be activated by a human, so uh, the Master uh-huh. Chief is the one that's supposed to activate it. But what it does is it destroys all life, right? And it, it's supposed to stop the Flood from basically taking over all life. So in the end, you know, you, you can activate it and, and kill it, but obviously the Chief doesn't want to kill all of humanity. So uh, that's not really an option. So the, the ring winds up getting destroyed, and you have to get the fuck off of there. And one of the most intense, like, escapes of the last level. It's just, it's great. I mean, the ring's, like, collapsing around you. There's there's a covenant. There's flood attacking you. And you're, like, driving your warthogs and shit. It's, it's so much fun. And the music. Yeah, the music's badass in this game. Oh, what an incredible soundtrack. I think the, the whole soundtrack itself was, was awesome. I never really noticed a game soundtrack before that. The Halo soundtrack is still beloved today. I'm pretty sure it's a big TikTok meme at the moment still, even, you know. The one where they're at, the one where they're singing <laughs> the one where they're all singing the, the, the monks in the bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's so iconic, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you hear that song, you know immediately. Like there's no hesitation. That that, that shit's like Hits me in my soul, you know, <laughs> that that menu screen, just oh man. Oh yeah, as soon as you hear that, oh, and like it just brings back all the memories, man. Oh, uh, Pope, what's your favorite level from the first game? Um, probably Keys because of the unique human, uh, unique Covenant flood interactions. That's a really, it's a really replayable level. 
What about you, Ty? I have two. I have uh, when you first land on on Halo, um, and I also the library, just because how intense it is. Yeah, I think the library is probably my favorite as well. It has some of my best and worst memories. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there anything we want to cover about the lore before we move on to two? I mean, I guess, like, you're doing an awesome job, Ty, just describing exactly what's happening. Um, I think the only other thing I want to mention is that, yes, we know that now Chief is this super soldier who is, for as far as we know, the last of his kind. It seems like he's all that's standing in between humanity and, and extinction from the Covenant. Uh, but with him, he does have Cortana. Cortana is an AI. It's artificial intelligence that exists in the future. But she is one of a kind. And she, from what I understand, they've never paired a Spartan up with an AI until this point. Yeah, the uh, Mjolnir uh, suits that were implemented with the uh, uh, AI chips, they, the Spartans had essentially just gotten them when the uh, Rune Reach was attacked. So they really didn't have time to... Uh, and also not, a, not enough supply of uh, smart AIs either. Those are very rare and very expensive to make. Yeah, and I, I think we, we really failed to mention, yeah, that armor is so important too. It's, you know, obviously the Spartans are, are enhanced on their own and, you know, without any armor, they can fuck somebody up. But you put them in that armor, they have shielding. They, you know, um, it, it protects them from they all kinds of... Faster. Yeah, yeah like it... They in vacuum. Exactly, and it, it really enhances their abilities even more. So, you know, the Master Chief is kind of a killing machine. Yeah, and with Cortana helping them out, like, I mean, in the in the games and the books, they do a pretty good job, I think, of telling you, you know, what kind of character she is. Uh, but, you know, she's she's awesome in that she's like snarky, where Chief is, is a little more stoic. Like you said, Pope, he doesn't really talk. He's not used to it. He doesn't want to complicate the mission. Uh, Cortana is there, you know, uh, with all the one liners and the wisecracks. And and she has a lot of personality. And it's really a great balance to see how they grow together throughout the series. Absolutely. Their, their relationship is... Uh... It's kind of vital, right? Because I think it's the 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 most important relationship that you really experience throughout the games. Man, the yeah. the Cortana Master Chief relationship is really something special, and I'm really looking forward to where they go with it in Halo Six. Whoa! Yeah, I'll, uh, don't worry. We yeah, got definitely. we got like seven more games to get through because there's spinoffs too. <sighs> no, that was uh, that was obviously sarcasm. <laughs> any anything any th- any oh, uh, relationship that they built up, they destroyed immediately at the end of Halo, Halo Five. Five. But it doesn't take away from the great games that we have, such as Wrong. Halo it does. 2. Halo sucks Halo. now. <laughs> Abandoned oh, ship. Uh, Halo 2 is where the player assumes the role of either the human Master Chief or the alien Arbiter in a 26th century conflict between the human United Nations Space Command, the Genocidal Covenant, and the Parasitic Flood. Yeah, we see this game start off with... Uh, with two storylines at the same time after that halo ring explodes uh master chief is being you know awarded i don't think he's being rewarded he's being appreciated they give him a medal and stuff they give him new armor and um meanwhile the what the the elite who should have stopped the master chief didn't do it you know he's one of the you know members of the covenant he uh, is being berated and stripped of his rank and being forced into shame to become the You're arbiter. talking about Thel Vadim, right? <laughs> you should show some fucking respect. What's going on? What, what, what's right, really Thel happening? Thel Vadim, he is a great warrior, okay? He single-handedly, uh, 
<laughs> the Arbiter. Never Who is? mind. The Arbiter. The Arbiter. I'm starting to realize you guys oh, are. You, you guys don't know much about the lore. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking filthy casuals and tricked you. I didn't know once, but uh, Hilo died. Uh, yeah. So the the Arbiter was a a great warrior who failed in the original Halo, right? So he he failed to stop the Master Chief and to take the Halo ring. And so he's given the title of the Arbiter, um, which is, it's shameful, right? It's, 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 uh, it's given upon a warrior as kind of like, you need to reclaim your honor, um, so, or more or less, you know, and, and he's given that title and, and he's, you know, he's, he's put on missions for, for the prophets and for the covenant to, to do so. And he's voiced by the incomparable Keith David. He really is. He really is. Um, so good. Yeah. Keith David's amazing. What I thought was interesting here is uh, at the beginning, you know, Chief is talking about how he doesn't really want all of this recognition. And Johnson is like, you know, listen, folks need heroes to give them hope. He's talking about like how, you know, there's kind of this um, pageantry that's associated to keep morale high, which is also something we very much do in real life, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pope, do you think that soldiers are showcased correctly too much not enough you know in the media when we're talking about like movies and commercials and, and everything like that what do you, i call it the you, i call you, it the military think? circle jerk all right so it whenever they portray <laughs> soldiers yeah it that's all it is it's just a circle jerk it's just feel good they're 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 trying to get a certain crowd uh soldiers in my personal experience are largely stupid very stupid <laughs> that's just me though <laughs> well you're a smart guy yeah, well, if nothing else, he's experienced. I don't want to, um, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, uh, are there a lot of army legacies like Miranda Keys? Uh, no, I guess every unit has their own, uh, little personal heroes from like World War One or World War Two. I mean, like somebody who, you know, their parents did it, so they do it. I guess. All right, cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting, because like police do that a lot, Oh right? yeah, Like... Uh, I feel like that's a common thing there. I, yeah, I'm, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm curious about that as well. You know, if a lot of people are like, you know what, my father ser- serves, so I'm going to serve. But I guess it depends on the situation. Because if your dad like died in war, you might be like, ah, eh, fuck that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think one cool thing you start to see in Halo 2, um, just to bring it back around, is you start to see dissent among the Covenant, right? Because now they've learned, uh, or some have learned what the what the Halo rings really are. Uh, you know, and what their purpose is. So, you know, I think the Arbiter's first mission is to hunt down some of those, uh, you know, rebels and, and kill them. Yeah. The dissenters, yeah. That's, that's a... Wait, I just want to... I'm going to bring it... I promise I'm going to bring it back to you. I won't get distracted. But uh, just so you know, in the show notes, I'm going to include uh, numbers about sexual assault in the armed forces because Johnson has to say, I know what the ladies like. And then it got oh. me thinking. So I'll I'll have those number I'll have those statistics and I'll I will put them in the show notes for no other reason iconic than ruining line. people's days. Yeah. I don't think iconic it is, line. It is an iconic line. I know what the ladies Johnson like. Johnson has nothing about iconic lines. Johnson knows what the ladies like. That's not even oh, a question. Sorry. Wait, does does Carlos say that too? What does Carlos say in Resident Evil Three? Oh, come on, Mike. You don't know? It's the accent, man. What does he say? The ladies love it. I know what the ladies <laughs> like. He says it like that. Yeah, just like that, actually. Nailed it. My name's Carlos. Yeah, I know what the ladies like was actually a required line in video games from 1999 to 2000. 
Six. Oh, that's right. So, that's right. Uh, every game has it, even Mario and uh, anything you can imagine. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember he goes, I know what the land doesn't like. Uh, that was actually, that's more like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse having oh, a stroke. No. Holy fuck. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. I know what the land is like. So I know when I first played Halo 2, I was. I was kind of disappointed. Uh, like I was, I remember my mom picked me up from school, and she had it in the car, and I was like, "Yes!" Like went home, played it, and I'm like, "Why the fuck am I playing this like Covenant, dude?" I was like, "I want to play the Master Chief," you know. I was like, I was so mad about yeah, it. Yeah, that's like, it's like playing, uh, you know, in a post 9/11 world. It's like I'm playing Al Qaeda. <laughs> like, like that's what you. That's what happens. You had the you're fighting against the religious extremists in the first game, and then in the second game, you got to be like, all right, but let's let's just yeah. See I mean, obviously, it. reflecting back on it, it's a great uh, way to tell his story and to you know tell more of a story in in the Halo games. But at the time, I was kind of bummed. Definitely wanted to, wanted to play the Master Chief a little bit more, but it wanted up back to the out. demo. Yeah. The E3 demo that they showed for Halo, Halo 2 was uh, incredible. <laughs> it was mind-blowing. And then you never yeah. really got to do uh, exactly what you uh, were shown in the demo. It really did uh, bounce around a whole bunch more. You never really got to do a whole bunch of Master Chief stuff. Yeah, I always felt like the Halo 2 campaign is good, but it was never great to me. Uh, not not in the way like Halo 1 had grabbed me in that regard. It's almost like Master Chief obviously... is a side character to the Arbiter. Yeah, exactly. It was a weird. It was a weird choice, you know. But um, I, I'm glad they introduced the Arbiter as being such an important character. I'm glad that you know you get to play him. I just wish the Master Chief had gotten a little more screen time uh, in that game. But you know, they they did kind of work it out more in Halo Three later on. But yeah, there was it was a cool like back and forth, like you know, seeing them uh, on their missions, and obviously they're they're still on different sides through most of the game. Um, until towards the end when they start to align uh, with each other. This is the first game, I think, in which we meet the ODST, the Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. I believe, uh, well, Johnson's an ODST, so, Mother but, I mean, he wasn't really a character in Halo 1. Even though his, even though he had a character in Halo 1, he wasn't a character. He was just a nameless uh, Marine that they brought in. Yeah, no one was really well-developed in Halo 1. I mean, that's. I think that's kind of like... A common thing. It, it really was didn't. Cortana and like Guilty Spark. Yeah, yeah. Most Guilty Spark characters. was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> he had a great character. No, but yeah, I, I don't think they really were like delving into the characters too much in the first one. And they're like, all right, fuck, this is a franchise now. Like, we got to start building up some characters. So they introduced Miranda Keys, you know, the daughter of Captain Keys from the first one. Uh, you know, Johnson gets more lines. You know, um, the Arbiter becomes a central character. Um, I believe they introduced Tartarus, right, in this one. Um, he was like the 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 main brute you get to meet. Yeah, um, and, and the, the prophets like they they definitely do a lot more world building here. Absolutely, you can yeah. See what things are like on the other side. The first one was very like contained on Halo. You know, like this is what's going on here, and like you know what led up to it. But now you're like, all right, we're 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 out and about. We're seeing what's going on. You know, meeting different characters, fighting in different places. Would you say that there's uh, too much storytelling in Halo Two? Yes. At some definitely. points, yeah. The fucking cutscenes go so long. Definitely. Um, now, in the in the actual lore, especially like if you've read the books and stuff, you know that the ODST, uh, they don't necessarily like the Spartans. I think a lot of uh, soldiers are wary of them because it's not like Master Chief and the Spartans are 
like you know a, a specific branch of of you know of the military or whatever like they are freaks compared to these regular soldiers their, their augmentation has made them uh way larger than your average person would be and um and it seems almost like they're they're scared of them they don't like I think the ODST them. also feel threatened by them because they were kind of like the hottest motherfuckers around before that you know they were the guys that that they they literally were would drop like <laughs> through hell right they were they were like you know, hell jumpers, they were called, you know, they were, they were dropping into, you know, battle zones and, uh, they, they were the tough guys. Now you got these, these Spartans who are like beyond them. And that kind of sucks. You know, I don't think any, you know, people get threatened when they feel like their, their place in, in society has been, been dropped down. So like in terms of being the top soldiers, they're not, yeah, anymore. well, they're broken in halo wars. So <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> What uh what branches of the uh of the military don't like uh, each other, Poe? I it really they're the only like rivalry I guess is the army and the marines. Pretty much both those branches agree all the other branches are kind of jokes, right? But uh Oh <laughs> yeah, really? Much, yeah. Like the Coast Guard and shit. Come on, National Guard, <laughs> okay. I don't I think the Coast Guard are the most badass personally, but <laughs> I mean, not enough people are watching the coast. I feel. Yeah, when when Atlantis rises up to fucking take back the world, you're gonna you're gonna be glad the Coast Guard was there watching. All right, just putting that out there. That's right. Yeah, I know. Like, there's this whole like thing with the you know with the National Guard and stuff. Because I have a, I have a few other friends who are veterans, and like they're always posting memes and everything. Um. So so you're saying it goes so it's Army and Marines, and then you know I. What do people think of the Air Force? No, the Chair Force? Oh, I don't know, man. People watch Top Gun and they're like, fuck that's... yeah, Air Force. <laughs> that's all you had to say. Uh, all right, there's it. What about the Navy? I ain't got no beef with the Navy. I don't think you have beef with anybody, Pope. <laughs> no, nah, man. He's just, chill- he's just chilling. He's just chilling. Oh, the next note I had. You guys remember punching the shit out of regret? <laughs> <laughs> Not like, like, not like we do in real life. I mean, like, it was. It wasn't. You didn't I just mean, punch the him. You, you, in the you game. straddled him. It was. Uh, yeah. And he kept. And he would go. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, hit. I can't me. wait to replay this and do that again because that was. It was very satisfying. I feel. No, it was a very. It was, it was a very, a, very poorly it. designed boss fight. Actually, Halo Two is a it broken was. mess of a game that was unfinished. Yeah, I think that's the other issue too. Is where like Halo One was a little more polished uh, than Halo Two was, and obviously Halo well, was, Yeah, Halo Two was, was rushed. It polished. did not make its deadline, but uh, that game was extremely buggy and uh, which all the more all the more lovable because of its bugs, actually. Which is crazy though, because Halo One was released in two thousand one. Halo Two didn't come out to two thousand four, so it wasn't like they pumped it out the next year. Like they had three years to finish it, but they just uh, obviously did not. Well, obviously there was a lot of pressure on Bungie at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, Microsoft's like, we need to keep fucking selling consoles, so give give us a new Halo. It's all we got. Well, yeah. Well, imagine that for Bungie, Halo 2 was a big... It was, I mean, for Microsoft, Halo 2 was the big deal. Like It was the thing that was going to sell the Xbox 360, honestly, even though it was an Xbox One game. Would you say that Bungie was being stretched too far? <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. I would. Uh, last note about this game that I had. Uh, there's no way the Sanghili armor fits those brutes. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a plot just... point where obviously the uh, the brutes begin to take 
their place as the right hand of the of the prophets instead of the the elites. Um, and they they attempt to kill the arbiter, uh, which forces him down uh, into the flood because floods just keep coming back. They just keep fucking coming back. They just don't stay dead. And uh, and the grave mine winds up you know getting the master chief and the arbiter, and he's like, listen. Those Covenant are going to activate these rings and fuck all our days up. So why don't you guys work together and uh, stop them? And that's how the Chief and the Arbor wound up teaming up. Let's talk more about how uh, our, our, our interactions in Halo 2, how we met and stuff. That sounds more interesting, honestly. Yeah, so so this the the thing about this game is it introduced multiplayer, right? So uh, online multiplayer, because Halo One did have multiplayer, but it was not online. Um, and I think this game was the most played Xbox Live game for many many years. I think uh, at least three years was had the highest numbers, and it, it kind of um, I think it did something no other multiplayer game on consoles had done back then. You know, it had uh, like a matchmaking system. You could have lobbies where you could play with friends. Um, you can in, in, uh, invite them to your custom games. Like it had its own like a whole world on the multiplayer in which you could you can make friends and meet people and play with each other. And I, I don't think any other console online had really done that yet. Yeah, it really set the pace and like revolutionized the way we do all yeah. the gaming. Halo 2 did uh, Xbox Live better than Xbox Live did actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Halo 2's messaging system was very ahead of its time. It really was. I, I mean, I just, I, I have so, so many fond memories from Halo 2. It was, I think Pope and I have joked them many times. It was the best time of yeah, our lives. Yeah, it was. They were nice. We so just... we were just sitting in a, a party chat because Halo 2 had party chat before Xbox Live had party chat. Yep. I would literally fall asleep in a chat room with my yeah, friends. Yeah, every night. Like, I would have the mic on. And dude, our, our, uh, <laughs> our Halo uh, lobbies were popping, dude. Everybody wanted in. It was like a it was like a club that there were like Seriously. bouncers, people waiting in line. <laughs> yeah, we 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 literally had a waiting <laughs> list. Like people would be messaging me like, "Hey, can I get into that game?" Like, "Oh, I got I got three people ahead of you, man. I'm I'm sorry. I'll get you in as soon as I can, you know." And then you'd have people who like would would break the rules, so we'd fucking every once yeah, but every once in a while you get out. an MVP, right? So you gotta like find a pleb to like you know kick them out. <laughs> exactly. It was funny because, like, we, you know, we were all in high school, but, like, we were doing some, like, really adult shit. Like, for example, since I was, like, the guy who was inviting people, I didn't want to be the bad guy. So when we had to kick somebody, I'd give it to, like, Pope or <laughs> Booch or something. Like, we like, were the enforcers. You like, you got to kick him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't be that guy. Oh you know what God. I mean? Like, I got to be the guy. It's like, like a politician. Like, I'm your friend, man. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, Ty was, like, Ty was, very, cool uh, was very much a malevolent, malevolent god. It was... Uh... <laughs> It was kind of oh, crazy. Yeah, that, that's what, I mean, that's what bred the, you know, the legend of the Rel. Uh, the thing about about um, multiplayer on this game is that that's what got me into Halo in the first place. I never really played the first game. I wasn't into first-person shooters, but it was something that was fun to do with my best friend and then other friends who, who I would meet online through that. And, you know, it wasn't even like one of the mainstream uh matchmaking styles i would just play well until i got really obsessed with it but i would just play the custom games with you guys and have so much fun doing yeah it. i mean the the really important thing was that you know we're xbox live today or playstation you have like your party chat right or your private chat where you um can be playing any game and you're yep. talking to somebody so when you play online or you play a multiplayer game a lot of times people don't have their mics on like or they're talking in a private chat when you played halo 2 you were talking in the game 
So that's how you met a lot of friends. Like that's how I met all my friends on there. You would just play them in different games or meet them in custom games, friends that you had made. So like it really built a community, um, which could be toxic at times. We had a friend who was a girl and we oh, were playing well, with yeah. her and guys would be saying the most fucked up stuff to her. And we'd all be like, no, like her knights in China. We got to defend her. But uh, we she, would always she lose. Had that v- <laughs> she had that VIP status. She did. She really did. She, she, was, uh, she was put right up there. She was put right up there on that pedestal for sure. She really was. But, you know, it was it was cool because you were you you would just make friends from playing a game. Like I'd be fucking fighting some dude and we'd just be like making jokes and shit. And then all of a sudden be like, hey, man, like, let me send your friend request. And then all of a sudden you would they'd be a part of your crew, too. Uh, and it, it was a really great way to stay social and, and, and make a lot of friends. Um, and we were able to build that that fan base up for our games, our custom games. Because, like, no joke, they were really popular. Wow, that's so true. They were really fucking popular. Like, we, we would just get on and, like, we were like, all right, we're doing custom games all night. Like, you would never not have enough players. Like, there was always somebody who wanted in. Let's, let's, let's get through Halo 3. Um, biggest thing I, I loved about Halo 3 is uh, the, the Believe campaign. Like, all the, all the media they put out before the actual game to promote it was incredible. I remember being in, in school, in class, you'd be showing me the videos on, on the computer. Be like, oh, well, let's watch this real quick. Like, it was just, you couldn't, you could not want to watch that stuff. Like, they did such a good job of building the hype. Um, and there was that that amazing Seriously. trailer that Pope mentioned earlier, uh, where where like you know the Master Chief's been knocked down. You hear like you know bombs going off, and oh uh, they actually show. I think they show him as a little kid, well, right? They or they show or there's at the beginning a of the kid. yeah, beginning is yeah, two children speaking yeah. to each other, and it's uh, really sort of surreal, and it turns into almost like a horror film. Yeah, and then you know he's laying there. And they're like, oh, like you know, has anyone seen the Master Chief? Like, where is he? You know, like, and he's like, I think we lost him. And he goes, not yet. You know, and he gets back up and he charges and he just jumps into like an, an army of brutes because he's never gonna stop. You know, and they built up this this hype around him as a heroic figure that will never stop fighting for humanity. And it was it was so fun. And you know, even though it was a video game, it was kind of inspiring. Like I remember being like in high school and be like, this guy's like. He's fucking great. I actually, um, my senior quote was uh, was from Halo. It was uh, a hero need not speak for when he is gone, the world will speak for him. Because I loved Halo so much, and it was just so special to me. That was my senior quote. Like I was like, you know, that that's what it's all about. My senior quote. <laughs> what was your senior quote, Pope? <laughs> oh, I know what the ladies like. That was my senior quote. <laughs> <laughs> and Booch's life was the accent the ladies love it right so it all comes together yeah yeah I was the accent the ladies love it and then of course um you know there was uh Pope's uh old old brother in arms that guy who would fuck with him and works at Chili's his was I know what candy they like so you know it all <laughs> it all comes back around um but uh yeah and a big part of this campaign also was that they were telling you basically that the Master Chief was dead. Like that's how the game was going to end. That Master Chief was going to die in in action, and um, and that you know they were, but but he saved the world in doing so. Something like that. So you know it kind of had you on the edge of your seat the whole game. You're like, is this the last time I'm going to be you know meeting? This I definitely character? thought he was going to die. I I think a hundred percent. I thought he was dead at the end of that game. I knew there was going to be a Halo Four, so I kind of figured he'd live. <laughs> You you knew there was going to be a Halo Four back in two thousand. I had inside eight, knowledge. Two thousand seven. My dad my dad works at uh, Halo, so <laughs> he works on a Halo ring. He's got the most inside knowledge. So yeah, the our Halo Three community really did fall apart 
uh, Halo community really did fall apart in Halo 3, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Halo 3 was probably the most well-put-together package as a whole, right? Like, the campaign was pretty strong. Um, the multiplayer was good. Like, it wasn't super buggy. Uh, it was obviously the end of the trilogy. So, like, I think it took aspects from the first and second games and did a really good job with it. Um, but I think the problem was that the Halo 3 multiplayer was so uh, finessed and so not buggy that it actually made it not fun. Because they tried to like co-op everything, right? Like they took like zo- like all the custom games and made them official, and, like but they were always like slightly changed to where it like kind of took away from it. Halo Two was such a buggy game that you could spend hours and hours not even actually playing, just in a custom game, uh, dicking around with vehicles, trying to break the physics, trying to get out of the map, trying to do what's called super bounces, where you just fly into the fucking air, uh, all kinds of fun stuff, and that's what we did. Honestly, we I feel like we spent more time just playing around in uh, custom games yeah i agree uh, than we yeah. did actually playing slayer or anything like that what, what was the thing that online players could do to, to make your game super laggy uh, <laughs> do you remember what that was called uh i don't remember exactly what it was suffice it to say they there's like a button on the router that you press that would make your that would make your connection shit and then they could uh <laughs> but that was like every every game every but yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was. I what it was called now, but I remember stand like by. they would always do it to me. Like, That's what we call stand by. Yeah, and I would just fucking stay in the game the whole time. They'd be like, "Just quit, kid. Just quit," because like I was obviously never gonna win. But they had a way for me to respawn every time. But yeah, Halo Three got rid of like all that, and like I feel like that was all the charm, right? Of of like, Halo Two multiplayer it was what made it so special, um, because it really made the community have to come together to explore this stuff and, and learn and, and play with it. Where Halo Three was like, they were telling you what to do. Yeah, like it was too good. It's like, oh, here you go. Here's your zombies. Um, what I would say, you know, the biggest problem with Halo Three is that uh, Xbox introduced party chat to its systems and i think that really did gut the sort of gut our community at the very least when you were playing halo 2 you had to be in a halo 2 party yeah you're right yeah you know it wasn't like the only way you could hear a high schooler yelling the n-word at somebody was if they were in your party already as opposed to the other <laughs> Halo gameplay where you would just hear some random kid calling oh it out. God, like, oh my god, that was said a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, the party chat system was really, really cool, uh, but really ruined the community. Uh, absolutely. Because all of a sudden, I was playing Dead Rising. This guy was playing, I don't know, fucking, I don't know, what, what other games were on 360? Crimson Skies? Was that 360? I don't know. Like, we were just playing whatever. <laughs> whatever the original. Like, you could just be playing whatever game you wanted. And you'd be chatting, and then like let's say you decided to play Halo, um, you're like, oh, well, let's just talk in a in a private chat, like in a party chat. So like, why would you ever have to talk to the other people in the game? So it it eliminated that, um, which was obviously a bummer. It really did kill the community. Halo Three really streamlined everything. They fixed a lot of the bugs, but uh, what the thing that was really frustrating about Halo Three uh, was they gave you all these tools in the Forge to craft your own maps and you know do whatever you want but if you tried if you tried and recreated any of those old scenarios from halo 2 like yeah. the tower of power stuff like that it just yep, it didn't I work remember. it just didn't work properly it was a it was a real shame yeah it really was you know i get why they did it obviously they knew how popular those game types were no, i just think it was just they didn't um, really take it into consideration and then yeah so the story of this game is kind of what blindsided me, you know, because 
we we don't really see like a lot of uh, expression from Chief until probably the end of Halo Two when you know he has to leave Cortana behind and start the next game without her and he and he's like kind of like ooh like I don't want to leave you and she's like no nah, you got to leave me. <laughs> um so uh, I'm paraphrasing but uh, but that that was probably my favorite part of uh, of Halo Three and and Halo Four was just their their relationship together. Yeah, I think in, in general they really raised the emotional stakes in this game. You know, they uh, they killed a lot of main characters. Like Miranda Keys tries to, to do this heroic thing. She gets murdered. Uh, Johnson gets killed, but he goes out. You know, with a bang, being a hero. Um, you know, Chief mm-hmm. and Arbiter have to fight side by side. Uh, you know, obviously Cortana is is she gets separated from Chief uh, a couple times, right? Like so, like he has to he has to find her and get her back from from the flood, and um, there, there's some really cool stuff there, uh, you know. And obviously, it culminates in that in that wonderful ending where the Arbiter Chief and, and Cortana get get off the Halo ring, um, and their their ship gets sliced in half, right? And and the Arbiter winds up falling back to Earth, but Chief doesn't make it. He he's floating through space with no way to communicate or travel. Um, and he has to go into hibernation with Cortana watching over him, and it, it's just uh, it's very emotional. And uh, the first the first time I played it, um, I thought Chief had died because I was at my friend's house, and when we beat the game, uh, we had to turn it off like during the credits, so I didn't know that he survived. Uh, <laughs> so I thought the ship got sliced in half, and he was just fucking dead. So I remember I went home, I was like, man, and then obviously like. I was playing it over and over again, so I beat it again. I'm like, oh, shit, he lived. He lived. <laughs> I was like, yes. What a nice little treat to find. Yeah, I really I was. Man, I needed it. Let me tell you. We're starting to get into the uh, Halo's not as good anymore territory. So, you know, the end of this game, it, it culminates in uh, some of the Covenant having joined alongside the humans, like the elites and, and things like that, fighting back against the Brutes and the Prophets. Um, and, you know, the, the humans and the... The covenant that have an ally with them, they win in the end. You know, they, they do defeat the covenant. There's uh, this is great memorial at the end of the game showing like all the the heroes of the war, and uh, I believe the master chief is actually on there because they, they don't know if he made it or not. Right, uh, the last one who saw him was the arbiter who you know saw the ship get dis- you know destroyed and 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 disappear into space. So they don't know if he's ever gonna make it back. Um, but yeah, so it was it was it was kind of cool because they they didn't have to annihilate all of the Covenant. You know, they're still out in the world, and now you know uh, I, I believe the Arbiter. I think he gets made the leader, right? I think later on in the other games, he's he's kind of in charge, um, and, and you know you kind of see they have to build a relationship now in the universe where they're not going to try to annihilate each other anymore. Um, the flood has been defeated, hopefully, so so it seems. Um, and you know, there can be some sort of peace more or less. Uh, and you know, so Halo three kind of, it, it could end there. It, it that could be the end of the story. Um, but they do leave it with that cliffhanger of, of chief, you know, wake me when you need me. And I think if you beat the legendary version of the game, there's a, there's a blue light that, that shines on, on chief ship, uh, on what's left of his ship at the end there. So it's kind of like a. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, it's only that. if you beat the legendary version. It's kind of a hint of like, oh, is there going to be Ooh. another one? I think, uh, <laughs> I think Boots is trying to tell us something. He never, uh, he never beat Halo Two on Legend or Halo Three on Legendary. Wow. Whoa, Fucking whoa, whoa. Casual. Okay, guys, let's not. Am I right? Let's not go crazy over here. I'm sure I've beaten it on Legendary once or twice. You know, I'm sure I did. 
Um, yeah, just want to go back to that memorial real quick because, you know, there is this uh, this thing in the Halo universe where since Spartans are like the most badass of badasses, they're not allowed to die. That any time a Spartan is killed, they just say missing in action to keep the morale of the troops. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool. You know, they're they're uh, they're just missing in action, but it's also kind of misleading, right? Like, it's it's kind of an interesting way to uh, to manip- manipulate people's emotions into to not you know not telling them outright that they're dead. Well, war is mostly propaganda, so. Amen, brother. Amen. Perfect. I didn't even that's, have to that's ask the quote of the night. Um, yeah, but Chief actually is the only one they let die, technically. I mean, his file, we find out later on, reads missing in action, but they put his number on that memorial, which is unprecedented. They've never done that with any other. Well, I think Chief fought alongside a lot of these people. You know, like, uh, we didn't really bring it up, but the Covenant actually come to Earth. They they invade Earth, you know, after they destroy Reach and all that. They they come to our our home planet. Uh, they bring it right to us, and, and, like, we're up against the wall, and Chief's there fighting side-by-side side with the Marines and, and the Arbiter and Johnson and all these people, um, and I think he makes a really lasting impact on people. You know, he's kind of this figure of hope um, in, in all this darkness. You know, he's he just he does unbelievable things. He literally, like, flies through the atmosphere and crashes on Earth, and he's still alive, right? Like, he just he just keeps getting back up. Um, and I think, you know, it's almost like a respect thing, putting his number on that memorial saying, you know, we're, we're not going to forget who he is. He's not going to just be missing in action. Like people will remember his, you know, 117. Yeah. And the probably sadder part of that ending, at least for me, was when like Cortana's like, oh, it'll take a while for someone to find us. Could be years. But like she seems kind of content with it, like as long as she's with John and then he puts himself into cryo sleep which is the same way the first game started. Like It's like he's not a person. He is a weapon to be used whenever he needs to, and he says, wake me when you need me. Uh, like That still sends chills through, through my body, that quote, but like you know, it is just so sad. Well, it's been almost his entire life he's, he's been a weapon. You know, he, was, he was kidnapped as a child and, and raised uh, to be this soldier. So you know, he, I, I don't think he has anything else, right? He doesn't have... You know things that he likes. He just he just fights and he survives and and that's what he does. Any opinions on that, Pope? Uh, uh yeah. I mean, Master Chief doesn't. Uh, I think they say that the Spartans are pretty much sociopaths. So aside from working together in their in their tight knit groups, they don't really uh, interact with anybody, honestly. And Pope is also a sociopath. He has no interests, <laughs> no likes. So he's very, very similar to the Master Chief, and and that's why we brought him here. That is you know? true. In between all the, the killing he does. Um, and, and the last note about the, the Halo <laughs> 3 multiplayer, they also added some stuff that um, to like kind of like spice it up. They added like like what like new uh, what would you say items? I guess like that like a shield like right as they introduced the bubble yeah. shield, um, which is also in the campaign. Like they, they introduced like all these. Yeah, um, I would say they were mostly not great. <laughs> I don't think people really enjoyed them. Um, I think the bubble shield was probably the coolest one. Just because Chief used it, and that's mostly because yeah. of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so people wanted to use it, and you you could do some cool stuff with it. But um, I, I feel like it was an unnecessary addition to the to an already really solid multiplayer. Um, you know, and, and Halo I think was the first game to introduce the two weapon system, where you you could only carry uh, two weapons and your grenades. 
Uh, and so you had to be really, really particular, especially in the in the campaigns, where you know what what weapons you wanted to bring with you. So I always thought that was a really cool element. You couldn't just like stockpile weapons. You know, you had to really pick and choose. Um, and everybody had their favorites, whether it was the BR, the DMR, um, the Halo 1 pistol, the Needler. Oh my God. You know, there was all kinds. Of, I think most players preferred the human weapons over most of the Covenant weapons. Um, Unless you were a noob tuber. And in multiplayer. Yes, in the multiplayer, you could use the Covenant weapons to, to kind of, I wouldn't say cheat, but to definitely take advantage. A lot of them were... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're shield draining weapons, so you could you could quickly switch to a human weapon, which would uh, easily kill somebody who had no shield. So they definitely added some different uh, style style choices depending on what weapons you chose. But yeah, there was a lot of things that Halo did that I feel like really were revolutionary for uh, for first person shooters, um, the whole genre as a whole, and that's why you know they were remembered so fondly. Uh, they did a remaster of all of them, right? Uh, the the Master Chief Collection, which I think was, you know, people were really excited about. Um, you know, I remember we, we were at Comic-Con and we got to actually see, like, the remaster a little bit there. And it was amazing. Like, you could you could actually switch between the original graphics and the new graphics and see just, like, how much they changed. And it was, I mean, that was so cool, right? Like, I never really had seen something like that before. Wow. I completely forgot. Yeah, about like there was that. a lot was of love insane. put into that as well. So I, I think they knew like how how popular the Halo series was, and you know how much fans really like cherish those memories and, and playing through them. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. When I'm playing the remastered Halo of uh, Combat Evolved, and I have to fight the flood, sometimes I'll go back to the original <laughs> graphics, so they're not <laughs> scary looking. That's that's amazing. It's funny you say that because the uh, Halo One remaster actually kind of ruined the uh, three four three guilty spark level for me. Really? Yeah, the one where you're introduced to the flood. You're like, it's like a horror level. You're like going through all these corridors, and there's like all this blood and corpses everywhere. And the remaster, they they kind of clean it up. They don't make it. It's not so profound. It's not so dirty and dingy. It's a little bit too nice, actually. Mm. Oh, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, but like, it kind of yeah, takes away the atmosphere. Mean. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I can understand that. So I'm ready to go straight into Halo 4. Well, we should probably go to I Halo Reach love. because I think that was Bungie's last game. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Halo Reach. All right, all you cool grunts and Spartans. We're going to put a pin in it right there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And make sure to join us next week for part two of our Halo Deep Dive. In the meantime, in between time, we're going to ride out on Martin O'Donnell's original score from the Halo 2 soundtrack. This is the Halo theme Molnir mix. It's the theme with some awesome guitar riffs and rock in there. Hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I do. Remember, no matter what you're watching, no matter what you're reading, no matter what you're listening to, and no matter what you're playing, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines.
All right. One, two, three. Are we all recording? Yeah, I kind of misclicked, but it, it was only like a half second, so. All right, no, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, I'm just going <clears> to. <throat> all right, here we go. Come with you. <laughs> Fuck, hold up. I had it. I was going so well. <laughs> Boot, you As goddamn you delinquent. You fucked it up. <laughs> I'm not the... <laughs> I'm not the fucking s'more guy. That's I'll fucking spotting. Cutting it out. Oh my god. Oh wait, that's not you. No, you fuck. Why would I be the s'more guy? Cause you used to say it a lot though, and in, in, uh, to in make fun of him. <laughs> that's why I thought it was you. It became you fucking co-opted. It became your thing. <laughs> it became oh your god. thing, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall that at all, right. all. Is he on the Skype call right now? Hello. Oh, hey, Pope, we hear you now. I can't hear Ty anymore. You can't hear me? Oh, no, no, I can't. You just weren't talking. Okay. I'm sorry, I must have missed okay. the question. So. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so true. Um, Let's talk about uh, custom games, zombies. Wait, wait, wait. Can't. Is it okay if we keep that until the end of the episode because it's like the best shit ever? <laughs> it is. It is. Is that? Me. I really. I wanna. I well, wanna as long as we get to talk best. about Tower of Power. Oh, we're, I wanna. I wanna talk. I wanna even talk cat and mouse, bro. It's gonna be. <laughs> what about yeah, uh, remember Troy? Swat. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh, Troy. Yeah. Troy. It's be ridiculous. Where we all shoot the. <laughs> oh, we all god. shoot the brute shots into the air and like cops and robbers and Ooh, run into topical. the middle and, and beat the shit out of each other. Beat each other down. All right. So all right. So so we'll do that.